today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. There's been a lot of talk and has been a lot of talk from, uh, about the 2016 American election, of course, and the uh, Russian involvement. The Mueller report, I think, outlined that pretty extensively. But a new report from the West Coast indicates that uh, the year before that, 2015, both the Russians and the Iranians were involved in trying to influence the Canadian election. Uh, the author of the study is Ahmed Al-Rawi, who is an assistant professor with the School of Communication at Simon Fraser University, uh, joins us here on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Professor, thank you so much for the time. Glad you could be with us today. Thank you for having me. We've heard the rumors about foreign involvement, about Russian trolls and about uh, Internet trolls. Uh, talk to us about the process, about how you came to, to these findings. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, Twitter released after the 2016 U.S. election uh, a lot of data regarding uh, state-run trolls. And uh, from there, I um, was curious to see whether there were any references uh, to Canada or Canadian issues. So I downloaded all the available data about uh, Russian and Iranian trolls, as well as the Saudi and the Chinese but I found that the Iranian and the Russians were far more active in referencing Canada and Canadian issues. Uh, so I used certain search terms to uh, look at references to Canada. And I was surprised when I looked at the timelines because uh, a few months uh, before the uh, 2015 election, the Iranians uh, became active in spreading disinformation as well as the Russians. But I might say here that they did not stop with the 2015 election. I, I mean, we see a trend, uh, like, uh, going throughout the years. So this is, I'm talking about a whole decade, and it's probably ongoing uh, type of uh, dissemination of dis- disinformation. Yes. So there's a pattern that's developed here. You mentioned uh, that you looked for key words. Are you, uh, c- names of cities, things like that, that would pop up in, in some of the disinformation? Exactly. So I used, uh, of course, I also, you know, I used different search terms, uh, including some in Russian and some in uh, uh, Farsi, uh, including, for instance, uh, cities, uh, names of politicians, uh, the word Canada itself or Canadian. So there were about maybe 30 to 40 words. And from there, I was able to see any kind of references to Canada and uh, as well as identifying patterns. So when it comes to the Iranians, for example, they accused the uh, former prime minister, uh, Stephen Harper, of being a CIA agent. Uh, they were uh, referencing uh, a fake WikiLeaks cable that never mentioned uh, Harper uh, in order to show that uh, he, he was implanted by the CIA in the Canadian government. And, of course, the Russians did the same regarding immigrants and refugees. So it, it was um, honestly a mess. Yes. It, it's interesting. As I just read the overview of, of your report here, Professor, uh, and, and we should, I guess, remind our listeners, as you just did, uh, we're talking about the Russian and Iranian interference, not the only ones, though, um, that have been doing this. I mean, you know, there's agents from other countries that are involved in this, but these seem to be the, the two predominant ones in the Canadian election anyway in 2015. Uh, and, and, and according to your research here, it's almost as if they took sides, I guess not it wasn't designed that way. Obviously, these people were not talking to each other. Uh, but the Russians, uh, according to your data, seemed to, to be trying to influence uh, what was going on with the, the Conservative Party and the uh, the Iranians with the Liberal Party. Yes, exactly. I, I, I found patterns like the Russians were more uh, aligning themselves with the far right, whereas the Iranians were more aligning themselves with the far left. 
so for the Iranians, uh, the uh, Palestinian issue was something they repeatedly talked about. As for the Russians, they were mostly talking about uh, immigrants and refugees, and uh, of course highlighting the, you know the bad issues regarding them. So you know, in all cases, they were trying, in my in my view, to uh, sow division in the uh, in the Canadian uh, society or culture. How does something like this work? I mean, without giving specific examples, I guess, uh, when, when they do, the trolls start operating in situations like this, as you say, it's, it's really a campaign of misinformation. But, but, but where do they put this stuff in, in, to get the most impact for, the, for the, the efforts they're putting into this? I believe that was a very systematic way. So the Russian and Iranian state-run trolls had their own news websites, like all fake news websites, created in order to manufacture certain news stories. And from these uh, fake news websites, they were able to use social media to further spread it uh, around the world. So they created, each one created, just like uh, a news ecosystem, like a whole information system from where they would be able to manufacture news and disseminate it with the help of social media. I mean... I'm thankful for Twitter for releasing the data, because without Twitter, I, w I don't think we would have been able to identify these issues. And in, the, in, in these efforts, these clandestine efforts, I mean, these are made to look like, like North American websites, Canadian websites in, in, in this particular case. Uh, so anybody who, who is who's Googling or looking into these sorts of things uh, would have the the... the mistaken idea that this this is oh this is a legitimate website this is this is somebody in vancouver or somebody in toronto it's it's not coming from from overseas exactly and not only that they would also add different languages like uh, d definitely english because it's a worldwide language but now we're seeing also french spanish uh, so it's like they are really you know working hard in order to spread their messages around the world to different audiences the intended goal here, you mentioned uh, disinformation, obviously, and, and trying to sow discontent, uh, or, or I guess maybe even to, to fan the flames of discontent, which might already exist in situations like that. And just to take ourselves back to that, that time, uh, back in 2015, Professor, uh, there was a, a, a great debate going on about immigration and, and about, uh, you know, snitch lines and things of this nature. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's good fodder for these people. I mean, they're really just tapping into something that already exists, aren't they? Yes, exactly. I mean, this is specifically uh, regarding the Russian trolls. Uh, the Iranians were a bit different. I was a bit surprised and also shocked to learn that the Iranians were uh, talking about the issue of Khalistan, which is, uh, as you know, the, uh, like an objective for some uh, members of the Sikh community to establish a state in India, Khalistan. Mm -hmm. So they were, they were trying to promote the idea that uh, Trudeau and to uh, a lesser extent uh, Mulcair, uh, back in time the NDP leader, were trying to support the uh, establishment of Khalistan. And they were specifically, you know, talking about uh, India, like, look India, look what Canada is doing. So. It's clearly trying to create tension, geopolitical tension between Canada and India on the one hand, and also create some tension within the Canadian society. Because as you know, we have different uh, Indo-Canadian communities living here in Canada. So it was, for me, a bit shocking, to be honest. 
is is there's is there a strategy here? I mean, was there a pattern, or was was, was this uh, just a series of one-offs? I mean, did you did you see a strategy that was developing here with what was being put out there? Yeah, I mean, uh, again, I'm looking at the patterns, like what is repeated, not only what is once or twice mentioned. So when I look at the patterns, there seems to be something going on. For example, the incident I mentioned regarding Stephen Harper being falsely accused of being a CIA agent, that was mostly sent in French. So clearly they were talking to people living in Quebec. And this is what we call micro-targeting, which means specifying the audiences in order to potentially influence them. Yeah. And in that particular situation, uh, well, there, there's an argument to be made about anti-American sentiment in some places in Quebec, and certainly uh, if you look at the results of what happened in that election uh, with the Conservatives in Quebec, it, it begs the question, I guess, that, and it's the same question they asked about uh, the, the American election the following year, Professor, is just how much of an impact does something like this have, a campaign like this have? Uh, how, how difficult is it to quantify the impact? This is the $1 million question. Really, no one knows the answer to it. But what we do have is uh, a few state players trying to meddle in or interfere in our election. Now, whether they have succeeded or not, honestly, no one knows. Now, someone might say, look at the election results. That's fine. But it doesn't mean that it's, uh, it's caused by the Iranian or Russian interference. I, I, this, I don't think this is scientific because we need like surveys. We need also to uh, talk to people who were exposed to this kind of content and see whether it, the content itself influenced them. Unfortunately, we don't have the means and we don't know. Uh, that's the thing. But what we know for sure is that they were trying to influence us. Well, and and that's I guess you know a, a tangent to that that whole theory is did it influence it or did it really just validate uh, feelings that people already had about a political party or, or a politician? We 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 can't really judge that, can we? No, we can't. But again, the, the what was curious is the kind of knowledge the state-run trolls had about Canadian society. So they were actually very much informed about different communities, about uh, trends and uh, issues that might be or might sound sen sentimental or controversial. And they were actually harping on these issues, playing with them, trying to influence us. Um, I call this edutainment, which means like they try to mobilize certain audiences, certain people, try to f make them feel angry, at the same time entertaining them. Uh, showing that showing that the messages uh, or making the messages a bit a bit appealing so that they will not be bored. Professor, we know this happens. Uh, your report, other reports have, have, have looked into these sorts of things in the past. The government certainly knows these things are going on too. Uh, what defense do we have? Uh, it's an excellent question. I honestly don't think whether the government was aware of this. To be honest. Because as far as I know, this is the first time these findings are published. And if the government had known about it, why didn't they talk about it? So that's a big question I do have. Now, my, also my plea is that the Canadian government should do more in order to at least identify the present and possible future interference in our politics. Because, it's, again, it's not only about the 2015 election. 
it's an ongoing issue. And my fear is that there are other alternative social media outlets or places online where these state-run trolls are also trying to influence us. This is my fear. And my, again, my plea is that the Canadian government should at least tell us what is going on. Well, this report goes a long way towards doing that, and we're starting to get more and more evidence that this has been going on for quite some time. With your report going all the way back to 2015, uh, certainly the the Mueller report that looked into Russian interference in the the election, the American election, the year after that. Uh, we also know, of course, that they were they were trying to influence the the Brexit vote in the UK a couple of, a few years ago. Uh, and and you know, at the time, you're absolutely right. At the time, nobody seems to know that, or, or at least acknowledge that it's happening. It seems to be after the fact, and that that begs the question. With, with the success, uh, they obviously, I think, are trying to quantify what they were trying to do. They, they may have some sort of stated goals and say, okay, did we accomplish this, that, or, or whatever. Uh, but as long as, as they see some success here, they're going to continue to try to do this, aren't they? For sure. I mean, this is uh, these platforms are all weaponized. They turn these tools into, uh, into the means by which they can influence other people, audiences. And again, I don't think they know for sure whether they can do that, but they are trying their best. Uh, and, uh, you know, as I mentioned before, alternative social media outlets now are also in abundance. So we have WhatsApp, Telegram, Discord, and so on. I believe most of them are already weaponized. And that's where we need more work, more research to at least figure out what is going on, at least. Well, because they disguise it well. I mean, this is—I I, kind of—I know there's a, a you know parallel debate going on about uh, you know the the material that's allowed on some social media sites, and and that's a debate worthy of having. I get that, uh, but you know if you're talking about uh, you know racist views, uh, homophobic views, that sort of thing, but these are disguised as legitimate news sources. Uh, so it's it's very difficult for a, a, a platform to simply say we can't allow that on because it looks like it's it's legitimate. It looks like the information, although you may disagree with it, may have something to it. But this is how they they. they dress it up isn't it that that's the danger yeah we call this astroturfing which is like concealing the identity of uh, the senders in a way to show that they are either regular people or let's say a legitimate news organization that's the danger and i believe uh, this is how they would be able to influence uh, people you know when we watch an ad advertisement on tv we uh develop some kind of uh, a protective feeling that, oh, this is an ad, I should, I should be wary of it, or I should be aware that they are trying to sell me a product. But if no one tells you that the, this is an ad, you would be probably more open, more uh, susceptible to be influenced by it. And that's the danger of these state-run trolls. They never mention who they are, and that's probably one of their potential successes. Well, that's a, that's an old trick Facebook has been using for years, though, isn't it, Professor? They'll they'll stick an advertisement, which in in you know disguised as a news story, right in on one of the news sites, and people that are scrolling through can't tell one from the other, oftentimes, and and you know they they'll get a misperception about something there uh, because it's it's obviously a very tilted article. I mean, it, it's buyer beware, but a lot of the times, yeah, I think you're right, Professor. When we're when we're searching through social media sites, a lot of the times we're not paying attention, we're not being vigilant. Yeah, that's true. Uh, again, uh, I, I believe the Russians were very active here, more than the Iranians, when it comes to social media ads. So they, uh, they I, I, I wrote uh, another study about uh, the about the way 
the Russians were using Facebook ads to micro-target audiences. And I found also references to Canada. So it's a bit uh, surprising because when they talked about uh, immigrants, uh, they, for, for example, uh, they targeted Canadian audiences when they talk about immigrants in a positive way. But when they talk about immigrants in a negative way, they targeted uh, audiences in America and in the Netherlands. So notice here, it's exactly the same ad turned like uh, used in opposite ways, but uh, uh, sent to different audiences. But notice here how social media platforms were used by these state-run trolls in order to micro-target uh, audiences without Facebook knowledge, probably. Facebook only realized this uh, a few years afterwards. So, in other words, they, were, they, they are gaming the whole system. They, they are, uh, in other words, abusing it, uh, making use of it. Uh, and, of course, this is definitely uh, influencing democracy. Fascinating study, Professor. Thank you so much for the great work that uh, you and your staff did on this. And thank you so much for the time today. It's greatly appreciated. Thank you for having me again. Thank you. Take care. Professor Ahmed Awawi uh, from Simon Fraser University. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.